This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 120. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 120 of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. We're a leadership development company based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we are devoted to helping you become the best leader that you can be. This is a kind of a bonus episode. I recently gave a talk at Allison Park Church's Business Leaders Breakfast, and uh, thought I would share it with you. So I thought it might add value to your life. Um, it's a short talk. It's about 15 minutes, but I think it's uh, full of a lot of value, and so I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, we're committed to bring you at least three episodes every month. One's always a personal leadership lesson by me. One is a talk from our leadership events that we host, and then once a month, you'll also hear me interview a high-level leader. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I'd really appreciate if you would hop on iTunes and leave a rating and review. It really does make a difference. And lastly, before we jump into the talk, I want to thank our sponsors, Bab Inc. They're an insurance broker, third-party administrator, and consulting firm in Pennsylvania, led by my friend Russell Livingston. He has a huge passion for developing next-generation leaders, which is why he hosts our monthly leadership events. Um, we're so grateful for him. They're doing all kinds of great work around our you can check them out at babbins.com. That's B-A-B-B-I-N-S.com. As I mentioned, uh, in this episode is a talk I gave at Allison Park Church's Business Leaders Breakfast, and I spoke on the topic, five questions that you should be asking yourself as a leader. Uh, I'll just preface it with this. I was speaking at a church, so I did use scripture. Um, for those of you who may not be of a faith background, uh, I still think the value, the lesson will add, um, will add immense amounts of value to your life, uh, even if you're not a person of faith. But I do want to preface it with I use a lot of scripture because I was speaking to people that attend church. And uh, and obviously, I believe it as well. So that being said, let's jump right in the talk. Here are five questions that you should be asking yourself as a leader. Great. Um, just want to share a few thoughts with you. Uh, I will take my, my clock out so I don't take up too much time. Um, just take five to ten minutes. But today, I just call my talk five questions you should be asking yourself as a leader. Five questions you should be asking yourself as a leader. Uh, the first question, and this may seem basic, but what are you doing to grow? What are you doing to grow personally? Um, I believe that growth equals happiness. I don't know about you. A lot of you guys have experience, but if you show me a growing church, I'll show you a happy church. If you show me a growing person, I'll show you a happy person. If you show me a growing marriage, I'll show you a happy marriage. So the first re- the reason I think growth is important is because you will be happier if you're growing. Secondly, I believe God expects us to grow. Um, again, I'm not going to preach a sermon, but you guys know the parable of the talents. What I love about the parable of the talents is everyone got something different, uh, but everyone got something. So as a leader, as a business owner, you may not have the skills that everyone else has or the capacity, but you have something. And God doesn't expect you to have and do with what other people have, but he does expect you to do and grow with what he has given you. Um, so he expects you to grow. That's clear from that. And in my opinion through that, faithfulness is the key to giving God a return on his investment. Faithfulness. And I define faithfulness as simply doing the best you can with what you have, with what's in your hand right now. So, hey, you're starting a business. you got to start with what you have. So just be faithful. And the Bible says if you're faithful in the small things, don't despise small beginnings. Man, he'll give you responsibility and he'll allow you to be faithful over much. The second reason I think you should be growing is that you'll attract in your life and your business who you are, not what you want. This is one of my favorite principles. I usually use it in a dating scenario. You know, my daughter's five months old. 
uh, but one day she could want to marry a really awesome godly guy, but if she's not a really awesome godly girl, she's not going to attract a really awesome godly guy. Um, it's the same thing in your business. If you want to attract high-quality, high-capacity leaders, my question is, are you a high-quality, high-capacity leader, and are you on your way to growing there? Because you're only going to attract who you are. You're not going to attract what you want. So you have to become what you want. So some basic questions, and I find it interesting. The, the more I grow, I'm 31 years old. Uh, it's easy to find people in their 20s growing. But as I start spending time with 30, 40, and 50 years old, I see them start to have this drift where they used to be excited about growth. They used to get into books. They used to listen to podcasts and renew their mind and, and love networking and all those things. But they just start slipping because life takes over and they stop being intentional with, with their growth. And when you stop being intentional with your growth, you stop growing. And as a result, your business will stop growing. Your marriage will stop growing. So you have to be intentional. So just some growth questions. Um, one is, are you growing in Christ? I had a great mentor tell me once, he said, Doug, let God be the architect of your growth. And I think that's the beautiful thing about following God. God knows every issue you're ever going to have to work on. He knows everything that you need to grow in. Uh, but he's also graceful, right? He only lets us focus on one or two things at a time. Uh, he knows what we're going to be growing in 20 years from now, but he's just focused on today. And so if you're following God, I feel like that's the first step to really growing to your potential. Two, what books have you read and listen, or listened to in the last six months? If I went around the table, could you tell me what books you're listening to or podcasts you're listening to? What conferences have you attended? And then what leaders have you met with? I love this. Craig Rochelle said this recently. He said, you're one relationship away from changing your destiny. And, and I absolutely believe that. Um, you know, one of the things that helped me grow the most was Pastor Larry, uh, my youth pastor, would bring people in just like this to share their content. And he would grab all of us and say, Whoever speaks, you should ask them out to coffee and ask them to mentor you and ask them questions. And I'm probably the only one out of all the interns that, that took him up on that. But every leader he had come in, I emailed him and said, hey, can we grab coffee? And I had a list of questions. I won't waste your time. Here are the questions. Let's go. Um, and I did that for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden, all my peers started saying, wow, you get to spend time with all these really cool leaders. I wish I could. And I said, well, you probably can if you just ask. Um, but I saw it as an opportunity. I actually started a podcast recording my conversations with leaders. But how intentional are you, are you with meeting with people who are better than you are in your field? When's the last time you had a learning lunch? When's the last time you were intentional about that? And if you haven't been, I encourage you to. And hey, if you're a seasoned vet in business, who are you pouring into? What young leaders are you asking out? One reason we started L3 Leadership was I see a huge gap. Uh, I see young leaders dying and longing for people like you to invest in them. And I see people like you dying to invest in the next generation, but neither of them know how to connect. And so I look at myself as a, a dot connector, so to speak. But who are you pouring into and who are you meeting with on a consistent basis? Uh, and then I just encourage you, when you network, always end the meeting with, hey, who are two or three other people that I should meet with? Who are other people that I should know? I've been shocked over four years of doing the podcast who I've been able to get connected with um, over the course of four years. You just never know. You're one contact away from changing your destiny. Question two, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Similar to the relationship thing, Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. If you're unfamiliar with the mastermind group concept, it was actually, as far as I know, originated with a guy named Napoleon Hill. He wrote Think and Grow Rich, great book. But all, all, a, all a mastermind group is, if you don't know Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie actually hired him uh, for 25 years to study the t most successful people in industry. And he did that for 25 years. And the book is actually a result of his findings from interviewing those leaders. And one thing he found with all great leaders, they all had a mastermind part group that they were in, um, a group that they were intentional. So 
All we do in our mastermind groups is everyone shares their top 10 goals for the year, whether that's personal, spiritual, physical. Um, that way we can help each other reach our goals. We always have someone, sh everyone shares their wins, so we encourage each other and we can celebrate each other. Um, then we always have someone sit in the hot seat, and the hot seat is simply, hey, I'm starting a business, I'm scared to death, I have no idea what to do, here's the roadblocks, here's my fears. And then you just shut up and let everyone give you feedback, and hopefully you walk away with a plan that you can execute on, and then the group can hold you accountable on. Uh, and then we go through some leadership resource, whether it's a book, a TED Talk, etc. But do you have a group like that that's specifically intended to help you grow in your business? If you don't, I'd, I'd really encourage you to start one and or join one, and I can certainly talk to you about that as well. Question number three, where are you finding your value? Where are you found, finding your value? Um, this has been a huge lesson for me in the past five years. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus talks about, he said, you're either building your, your life on one of two foundations, rock, the rock or the sand, right? And when the storms of life come, depending on what your foundation is built on, your life's either going to fall apart or you're going to be able to stand strong through the storms. For me, I think the value question is, is huge. Are you finding your identity? Keith Moore said this, and it changed my life. He said, if your value and identity is in anything that you can lose, then you're in danger of an identity crisis. If your value is in that you have run a business for 30 years and, and never had cars not show up, well, what happens if cars stop showing up? Stop showing up, right? Does that mean you're a nobody, that you're a failure, and that you're worthless and that you'll never do anything great again? Um, if, this, if Jeff had to leave this church for whatever reason and he was no longer the pastor of Allison Park Church planning all these churches all over the world, does that mean Jeff Leake's a nobody? Does that mean he's worthless? No, but isn't that the way we tend to feel sometimes when, when necessary endings come our way? And I think for me, I had a midlife crisis when I was, I don't know, 25. Uh, I, yeah. You guys laugh, but it, it was not fun. So, but, well, an identity crisis, if nothing else. Um, I was on staff at a big church. And I actually quit to go help plant a church. But what I found when I quit to leave go, to go plant the church was that all my value was in working at a big church. And I wanted, I wanted to die. <coughs> it's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. But I felt so worthless and, and so depressed for six months because I, I thought all of my value was tied into working at a big church. I thought I, I wouldn't have said it, but I work at a big church and you don't, so I'm a big deal, right? <laughs> like, that was my mentality. I thought all of my opportunities came through working at a big church. I thought God would never open up any more doors. And God really had to teach me that, that man, God, I, the only thing that I can never lose is my identity in Christ. And if I don't find my identity in who I am in Him, then I'm in danger of an identity crisis. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, you may have been the smartest person ever. You may be the smartest business thinker in your industry. But what happens when someone from New York moves into town and you're no longer that guy and no one comes to you anymore? Where, where do you find yourselves in those situations? There's a great book that I would recommend uh, by Henry Cloud. It's called Necessary Endings. And for me... Um, Again, I'm not saying that your business is going to fail or anything like that. But for me, I think it, it's good to view, just find out where our identity is sometimes. You know, I work at Light of Life right now, and I would love to think that I learned the lesson leaving the church of finding my identity in Christ. But we help the homeless. And uh, I'm a better Christian than you because I do what Jesus said and actually help the poor. <laughs> like, you guys do it and take a Facebook picture and say, wow, we help the homeless. Like, I get to do it daily. So, like, I'm a really big deal. I don't actually think that. But... But I can. Am I somebody, if I leave Light of Life and no longer can say that I work with the homeless? Um, I just want to challenge you. Where are you finding your identity? 
Two more questions. Number four, how are you defining success? How are you defining success? Um, one of the, my favorite things about, I interview a leader every single month, and one of my favorite questions to ask leaders is, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, if you had to have your children speak at your funeral, what would you want them to say about you? And, and I love the responses I get. I, I think Jeff's, I might miss, uh, miss uh, represent the quote, but he essentially said, my legacy isn't necessarily by what I did, but what I set into motion. I, I love that. Um, Another guy I'm thinking of said, my legacy is going to be my four kids and what they do with their life because I'm investing my life in them. But it's really, really interesting when you think, you know, no one, you've heard it before, no one on their deathbed said, wow, I wish I would have grown my business bigger. I wish I would have spent more time on my business. So my question to you is, is how are you defining success? And for me, the older I get, um, Jesus said this in John 15, 6. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And here, here it is, and that your fruit would remain that your fruit would remain. Uh, if you look at the parable of the sower and the seed in the Bible, I think it's interesting that Jesus talks about four different kind of people, um, and three out of the four people don't make it to their finish line. They got excited about God. They may have got a vision from God. They may have got a vision for business, but for whatever reason, they didn't make it to their finish line. And then he talks about a fourth person that actually does fulfill their potential, but even those people, the people that actually hit it out of the park and reached their full potential was very small. And so for me... I've really started defining success by I want to make it to my finish line. I want to make it to my finish line in my marriage. I want to make it to my finish line with my kids. I want to make it to my finish line in ministry. And, and that's the vision that I'm getting, not how, how big can L3 grow or how much money can we raise for light of life. I just want to make it to the finish line. Uh, my pastor says that he believes about 2% of Christian leaders make it to their finish line. Like, that, that's really, really sad. And he's not just talking about pastors. Like, you, if you're a Christian and you're a leader, you're a Christian leader. Um, but wh- how are you defining success? Uh, another area that I, that I love, John Maxwell said this. He said when he was in his late 30s, all of his friends started getting divorces. Um, and he realized that people were spending more time on their business and more time on their ministries than they were their family. And so he had to redefine his priorities and redefine success. And he said, success to me means having those closest to me love and respect me the most. It changed the way he does everything. Success means having those closest to me love and respect me the most. Recently in our Beaver County breakfast, we had a guy that was a, an Army general, or he, I don't know, he was a big wig in the Army. I don't know the position. But he said, do you know it's actually easier for guys to be on duty when they have small kids at home than to actually be at home with their kids? Because they can just check in on Skype, say, hey, guys, I love you. You're awesome. I love you. And then he can go and do whatever he wants. He doesn't have the responsibility of actually caring for his kids. And while that's the Army, I, I've noticed that in my life. I have a five-month-old. I get, do you know my five-month-old doesn't care about my agenda or doesn't care that I want to, like, grow L3 and want to work on it? Like, she just wants my attention. And so every time she wants my attention, every time my wife wants my attention, I have a decision to make. Am I going to prioritize my business or am I going to prioritize my wife and family? Just a question to ask. I'm redefining success because I want my family to make it to the finish line. Um, I'll just leave it at that for that. And then number five, what are you doing for the kingdom? What are you doing for the kingdom through your business. Obviously, we have the Great Commission to go out in all the world and make disciples. Uh, but my question is, what are you doing with your business? One of the things that set me free, one of the reasons that I was depressed when I left the church was because I thought the only way I could make a difference for God was by being on staff at a church. And a guy named Bruce Bickle shared this thought, and it changed my life. He said, ministry is not a job. Ministry is who you are, where you are. 
Um, that changed my life. Ministry is not a job. Ministry is not being on staff at a church. It's not being on staff at a homeless nonprofit. Ministry is who you are, where you are. Everywhere you go, you are bringing your ministry with you. And I, and I think if you have that mentality, every day you show up for business, that's how you're going to change the world. Billy Graham actually told John Maxwell that he believes that a great next big move of God in our culture is through business leaders. Um, and I think that's so interesting. You have way more influence and way more potential to make an impact for God than you think you do as a business owner. Don't discredit the everyday ordinary things that you do. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 5-7, I'll close with this. Jeremiah 29, 5-7 says this. It says, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. Verse 7 says, And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for it because its welfare will determine your welfare. I love that. Work for the peace and prosperity of your city. Every day you go to work, you're making a difference in your city. If you're, you're fixing cars, that's a huge ministry. People need their cars fixed. And that's just as important, in my opinion, in the kingdom of God as Jeff preaching a sermon on Sunday and getting people saved. Like, that is a ministry in and of itself. And I think so many times we discredit the ordinary in our life. Um, but if you look all throughout the Bible, really the extraordinary things that people did were simply ordinary people doing ordinary things. And that plus God equaled an extraordinary uh, impact. And so I just want to encourage you, what are you thinking about on a daily business? How is your business honoring Christ? How can your business fund the kingdom? And how can you make a difference for God in the kingdom? Every day you show up for work. Your employees, can you mentor them? Bruce Bickle worked at PNC. He started a Bible study. He just said, this girl started asking me questions about God. It started, now I think there's 70 people that meet on a weekly basis at PNC. That's like unheard of. Um, but he just ministries who you are, where you are. It's not a job. And he wasn't afraid to let the fact that he was in business hold him back from making a difference for God. So those are the five questions that I'd ask on a consistent basis. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the talk. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, if you'd like to connect with me or anything that we're doing with L3 Leadership, uh, you can actually check out the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 120. And while you're on the website, you can actually sign up for our email list, which is probably the best way that are on Facebook uh, to keep up to date with everything that we're doing. When you sign up for our email list, I do want you to know that you'll get a free copy of my ebook, Making the Most of Mentoring, which is literally my step-by-step process for how I get meetings with mentors. And I think I know that's added value to a ton of people's lives. So I think you'll really benefit from reading it. I want to thank our other sponsor, 068, an incredible organization led by my friend Daniel Bull. And they actually start companies with ex-convicts. And uh, they've transformed a ton of lives and they're doing some really neat stuff. So I'd encourage you to check them out at 068.org. That's all spelled out. That's 068.org. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate if you would hop on iTunes and leave a rating and review. And thanks again for being a listener. I know there's a ton of podcasts you could be listening to, so it really means a lot that you listen to ours. I always like to end with a quote. And the quote that I'll end with today is this. Brian Houston said this, every leader's goal should be to go the extra mile with people who are not yet up to speed before giving up on them too easily. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I had leaders in my life who didn't give up on me uh, too easily, uh, even though it took me a while to grow. I'm so thankful for that. And I just encourage you, be a patient leader, keep developing those around you, and uh, keep encouraging them. Thanks for listening and being part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we hope you have a great day. We'll be back next episode. (music) 